So here we are, episode two of the After Hours podcast. Uh, I am Head Crack, and I'm joined by my super dope manager, Anna. And uh, for those who missed the first episode, uh, yo, it was a, uh, a journey, hell of a journey at that. You know, my first ayahuasca experience, you know, if everybody's on a you know a platform that allows you to subscribe and click a little plus somewhere and, you know, do all that good stuff, be sure you do that so you get the alerts when the new podcast episodes go up. And, um, you know, since week one, going into week two, there's been a lot of questions, it seems. Absolutely. Tons of questions. <laughs> like, what have you been getting on your end? Well, I mean, obviously, everybody's thankful that you're, you know, you're alive. You know, we, we left off at the fact that, you you know, you completed kind of your, your first day. You, you went through um, your ceremonies on, on that day. You went to sleep. Uh, you went to sleep after tweeting and sending out a bunch of stuff. People were asking all kinds of questions about your mirrors, uh, you being alive, being dead, scaring the heck out of everybody. Um, you, you didn't have any crazy dreams when you went to sleep, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, here we are the next day. Right. So I wake up the next day, you know, pretty focused, pretty uh, ready to tackle the day. Because, like, you know, when you go on an ayahuasca retreat, there are a series of ceremonies. I mean, I've heard situations where people might go on a two week ceremony and like maybe do like 10 ayahuasca you know, ceremonies within that two week trip. Um, you know, before what I was rocking with, it was a um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of vibe. And the dope thing about it is even before we cast off to go do this ayahuasca retreat, everybody like, you know, gets to get on a, like, you know, a meeting call or a meeting space. And I imagine pre COVID they would allow you to do these things in person. Um, you know, you, you, you set your intentions, you think about the things that you want to, um, you know, improve or what, you know, what your purpose for this journey is. And, you know, everybody said their thing to themselves and it gets put into a, um, I can't remember what the uh, what Melissa said it was a magic bucket. A it goes into a uh, you know like a you know a, like a you spirit. You already had buckets. You had purging. Buckets. Well, the well, purging buckets. A different kind of bucket. A different kind of bucket. <laughs> kind of like the suggestion box that you would see at like a place of business. It's kind of like that. But like, what do you suggest that you want Mother Ayahuasca to help you out with? So that's kind of what we talked about, you know, on the Zoom call. But we said our things, you know, privately because everybody's not, you know you know, as open as, you know, other people. So we do that. Then, you know, you go to the ceremony. So I told you yesterday, you know, I told you in the last episode about how my first experience went. Now here it is for day number two, which is interesting because unlike day number one, which was at night, this one is in the daytime. And, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, woo, okay, cool. We get to vibe out and trip out in nature and just see, you know, like connect, you know, with nature at a cellular level, which I was kind of really interested in doing. Because I just knew in my heart of hearts that it wasn't going to be the same experience as the first night. So at the end of the day, I'm here for it. Because I've had mushrooms before, you know, like the, the type that's like supposed to just mellow you out, not the ones that turn people into marionette puppets, but, you know, the ones that just let you chill. And those really enhance nature, like psilocybin and stuff like that. Like how dope things are in nature. How green are these trees? Whoa, look at how complex the cell structure is of like, you know, you know, grass, you know, things like that. It makes you really appreciate nature. So I was looking forward to that experience. So, oh, so at, at no point were you like not trying to get in the car and, and, and head back home. No. For everything that you just, you know, said about 
the, the the stuff in the mirror and and all of that experience you weren't trying to get back in the car and and, and head home what is the thing uh, after you <laughs> you you face and feel like what death feels like what can scare you at this point you become like you know some level of fearless so like okay cool if i die right now i know it's gonna feel good you know what i'm saying and and when i say this you know by no means am i telling people go commit suicide end it now the world's in you know like nothing like that but like once you know how the how pleasant the feeling of crossing over can feel, I don't know. It doesn't bother you as much anymore. Like that was a weight taken off my shoulder and it still rocked with me the very next day. So, you know, and even with the mirror thing, what I was seeing like different versions of myself in the mirror, I knew when I woke up that morning, I wasn't on that same frequency. I can't front. When I went to brush my teeth in the, the next morning, I did look, you know, just to see if I like, you know, <laughs> felt any of the same vibes, anything I felt the night before. But nah, but you know, at the time, you know, the ayahuasca, you know, kind of from a headspace level had wore off to a degree. And I just I wasn't operating on that frequency no more. Everybody was talking perfect English. It wasn't the gibberish I was hearing the night before. You know, I'm OK, I'm back on, you know, I'm back being a regular human, a civilian, if you will. So, um, you know, so I'm really excited about this daytime process. So, you know, we uh, we, you know, we have something, you know, somewhat of a breakfast and, uh, you know, we go out there and uh, Taita Pedro, the, uh, the shaman on deck. And for those who don't know what a shaman is, you know, ayahuasca religious ceremony, they're the ones who like, you know, kind of pray over everybody and, uh, you know, kind of prepare the sacrament because it's not a drug, it's a sacrament, it's medicine. And, um, you know, he prepares it and, uh, you know, he just, you know, gives you a speech about everything beforehand. So he does that. And I told y'all, yes, you know, I told you in the last episode that first timers don't typically do the arape. It's not for the beginners. It's for like the people who you've done this before. You know what this life is about. So. Unlike the night before, they wanted everybody who ain't never did the Arape before to step up first in line. And I was part of that batch that got dispatched out to go to the line. And I'm a little nervous because, you know, I don't even use Flonase on a regular basis. I don't put nothing in my nose. I'm just not that guy. You know what I mean? So. What arape is, is like, you know, crushed up tobacco and, um, you know, it's a Peruvian tobacco and a whole bunch of other plants just crushed up into a very fine powder. And what it's supposed to do is supposed to open you up spiritually, get your pineal gland kicking to where like, you know, whatever is supposed to happen, it just kind of like, you know, flows in you. So I'm like, OK, you know, here goes nothing. You know, I'm not afraid of death. You know, let's go for it. Right. So there was a guy who went before me and, and for the new for the first time is they go easy on you. Like, let's just say if you know how you like have like regular medicine and you give a child like half of an adult dose because that's just how it is. That's kind of how they did this with the Arape. So the guy that went before me, I, I felt like he had a lot because when I walked in to like go next, the dust of his was still in the air. Sorry, and I took what? a deep breath just so I could prepare for mine. And I inhaled some of his in. So like my nose at this point is already like kind of like a little bit burning. You know, on the inside, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't even need to do the rest of this. I'm good. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, ah, come on, you know, come on, HK. You got this. You got this. That's what they was calling me there. And um, and I so like I stepped up, you know, I, I thugged it out. So Taita Pedro puts the first, you know, uh, and it like and he puts it's like it's a weird like like like, you know, like it looks like the Nike check, but it's like a pipe. And like, you know, they put the arape at the tip of it and he shotguns it in your nose. Anybody smokes weed, you know, old school style, we try to share the weed. Huh? Like a baster? There's like a little. Nah, not like a baster. Things they do with the babies. Negative, but I know the vibe. All right. So like I would imagine like, you know, it's probably alien to me being like, you know, from America. But like, you know, if somebody from like South America saw that, be like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of like y'all vape. 
You know, like, you know, like oh, I, I feel like okay. it's very native to a lot of places, like the, okay. the way they use that that tool. So, I right, left nostril first. Mm. And the guy I was talking to the night before, he said, "Yeah, I've done this before. The key to you know the key to rocking the arape is." Once he puts it in your nose, you don't breathe in through your nose, you're breathing through your mouth. So that's why I wanted to take one deep nose breath before I walked up and I got the guy before me's dust. So I'm already like already my spidey sense is now tingling because it's in there. It's in there. And then like he gives me the first shot up the nose. Mm. Yo, mm. I took a knee like Kaepernick, yo. <laughs> and like you know what I'm saying like you know like I'm like I took a knee and I'm shaking on the ground like not on the ground like flailing and flopping but like you ever see the old videos when they would throw the cape on James Brown like that was me but on a knee like it was hurting like you know what I'm saying because like it was burning and I, I told that it's like yo I'm cool wait it's burning yeah it's like a very mentholated very just strong are you teary eye are you oh absolutely like, you know, like strong, okay. not crying, but just like, you know how like you have to get punched in your nose? You're a no. woman, probably not, right? You shouldn't. Like no. if you got punched in the nose as an adult woman, like, you know, you got to punch like, somebody, right? Is this like, like, uh, well, I don't, like, like putting eye solution in, the, like, I, I can't even, no, eyelash, you, you couldn't relate, could you? Eyelash glue, I don't know. Nah, I can't I, relate. Um, can't relate, yeah, I know. Only thing I can like liken it to is like literally getting punched in your nose, but inside of your nose. Allergies? I no, I'm no like okay. Imagine uh, if you had like <laughs> like imagine if you had fire ants in your nasal cavity cavity, but they weren't fire ants. They were like ice ants that were like mentholated, like Newport cigarettes. It was like cool but stinging at the same time, all in one nostril. And I'm like, yo, really, right. really, really, I'm good with just the left nostril. You don't got to do the other one. They're like, ah, oh, come on, you got it, you got it. I'm like, alright. So I stand up, I shake it off, then I do the second nostril. <laughs> And then again, it's like, oh, now it's like both in there. So like, you know, you're not supposed to just blow it all out right away. You kind of got to let it marinate and just breathe through your mouth. Oh, this doesn't but stay inside? This comes out? It stays inside, but, it, and maybe I didn't even do it right, right? Maybe like the way <laughs> you're really supposed to do it is like, you know, when you when it's in there, like maybe slowly it just like all filters like up and behind and gets in you. But I'm, I'm feeling it in my spine. I'm feeling it across my arms and shoulders. It, I mean, it, feel, it felt good and bad at the same time. It was like, imagine if like you were like a mentholated cough drop and the world was sucking on you. Okay. I got different visuals, but never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could go, that could go different ways. Okay, or, or like he was a mentally cough drop, someone sucked on you and then set you back on the table. So you have a cool feeling. You have yeah. a very cool feeling, but it's still, it's like burning. It's men very mentholated at the same time. It's ill. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, my nose is running and, and that's going to happen when you do the arape, like heavy nose running. And then you start blowing your nose a little bit and that stuff starts coming out and, you, you know, you spit into the bucket. It's not the sexiest thing in the world, but everybody who does the arape do it. No one's just taking a arape straight up the nose and then be like, hey, how you doing? Like, you know, everybody going to do something except my man uh, with the ill beard who, like, you know, he was ready for it. We talked about him in episode one. Get a refresher course if you right. missed that. Right. You said that he like shook it off and... Yeah. and He's okay. done a lot of these. <laughs> you know okay, what I'm saying? Now, now I'm understanding. The, the, okay, okay. Got so it. like, because he, he was always would be first in line. As soon as he jumped in line, he just kind of like, yeah, get ready, get ready, get All ready. Right. And he took it like a G. Like both times I saw him take the Arape. So, you know, um, you know, so now that I got that out the way, I'm almost like, I don't even need to do the ayahuasca for the second ceremony. Right, because this I, like, like you ready to go after this. What, what more is there? 
Well, okay. So just like the night before, the Arape is supposed to open you up. I'm no longer a newbie. So now it's time to do the first cup. I do the first cup. I drink it. Um, and then I lay back on my pallet. And then after everybody got their first cup, Taita Pedro is like, hey, you guys go outside and enjoy nature. We'll let you know when it's time for second cup. So um, we go outside. We post up. You know, like there's like this dope uh, fire pit that was out there. And like the way it was set, just like the flames and the heat was just certain way and um you know we were just all just talking about life and just exchanging stories and you know there was really nothing that happened you know what i'm saying on on this uh on this one you know nothing really at all like i was actually shocked you know but not so shocked because like nothing happened after the first cup yesterday you know the on the prior um uh, you know the day before either so you know, you know, we're just, you know, exchanging war stories, talk about life, building, bonding. You know, I learned this one guy was a really dope rapper by the name of Midnight Poet. I definitely want to get him on a podcast. Um, and, you know, and just and talk about everybody's use of the medicine and why we're all here. And then after a while, uh, this one guy and his name escapes me at the moment. There was this like child's roller coaster thing, like outside with us. It's like it's like. You know, when I say roller like an coaster, actual and not a visual. No, like an actual roller actually, coaster. This is okay. real life. I'm not hallucinating that like that. But you know how like uh, Fisher Price will have like the thing where like, yo, it's like your home roller coaster set, and you sit on this little wagon and you go down the thing. He went okay. down it, and then I went down it, and I was like, ah, oh, this feels so fun and freeing. And then right when that happened, it was like, all right, guys, it's time for the second cup. So this time, Tita Pedro was dishing it out a little different. He gave the women the the drink, the second cup like off the rip and he was giving the guys chunks and what chunks are, it's not even the drink. It's the, it it was just pretty much like ayahuasca in the raw, like raw ayahuasca, like, you know, dampened, (laughs) but chunks of it in the raw. So he says, grab a bottle of water. And I grabbed the bottle of water and then he put this in your hand, put this in your hand. And I, and I did. And then I was about to walk away. And he's like, no, drink, drink, drink in front of me, drink in front of me. So you kind of got to like put the ayahuasca in your mouth, chase it with water. And then that is your the equivalent of, I guess, drinking the cup. So. So is it like bark? Because your description of the drink was. A, like old smoothie. That's what I said about it. With, that yeah. someone put a cigarette out it. Yes. Okay. So. The raw form, is it like a bark? Is it leafy? What, what are we talking it's about? It's not here? leafy. Like it kind of like broke apart in my mouth as I like I chased it with water and it hit my stomach instantly. You remember how I said like yes, you know, in the in the previous uh you know mm-hmm. ceremony, it took a while for the ayahuasca to like hit my stomach and make me have to purge, right? Right. When I tell you this stuff didn't last more than 60 seconds. I didn't even sit on my pallet good before I had to like turn around and walk to the bathroom and go throw up. Like it was all in one smooth motion. Just imagine the visual of someone getting ready to sit down Indian style and then completely getting up out of the Indian style to walk away and walk right back to the bathroom. Threw it all up instantly. Like it was out of super purge, super purge. So I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. The second purge kicked off the fun the night before. So mm-hmm. what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. I go outside, you know, and like, and like, they're like, hey, like, you know, just stare at nature, look at the trees. You know, it's like a beautiful lake and you can see like, you know, trees and mountains in the distance. Nothing was really happening for me. 
you know, and uh, because, you know, I am a city mouse by trade. I grabbed my trusty iPad and, you know, I went off in the distance and jumped on Instagram Live. So anybody who's really super been following this journey, you might have saw the Instagram Live post I did. And I felt so comfortable within nature to like lay on the ground and talk to people for like 20 minutes plus, you know, about the old ayahuasca experience. So it, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, uh, you know, getting questions answered with the second ceremony as much as I felt like it was more about really connecting with nature. And I think I was looking for a trippy experience similar to the night before, but the, but the experience was, yo, go bond with nature, something I don't typically do. And, you know, I know most of y'all probably listen to this and not seeing this. I'm literally doing this episode outside. That's why you hear wind and hawks and shit. Cause I'm outside barefoot. I got clothes on, but I'm barefoot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as that was going on, um, yeah, my phone was uh, was ringing like crazy mm-hmm. um, because people were waking up to um, the, the 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 social media. Mm-hmm. People were seeing the social media. People were um, calling, checking up on you, wondering what was going on, mm-hmm. and. Um, I was on the phone with one of your dear friends, um, worried and concerned with what was going on. And as we were just talking about um, the journey that you were on, um, the next thing I hear is, he's on live, he's on live. And, um, and I'm like, what, what do you mean he's on live? There's supposed to be no technology where he's at. What do you mean he's on live? And it became a race to what is he talking about? What do you mean he's on live? And then it was a rush to try to figure out what was going on. And to my surprise, here is the city mouse that rarely is outside, um, is sitting on grass. Um, forget the sitting on grass, laying on grass, mm-hmm. enjoying um, himself outside, which is rarely something that he does. Um, out there and something that you would never I, I would have never seen um that you would very free. never experience so um yeah very very surprised at that um but the phones were going the phones are going crazy people were um concerned and worried and here I'm witnessing an overnight change um and you're sitting out on the grass um something that you would not do so mm-hmm. at that point i was definitely seeing a major change in someone that i've known for quite some time yeah you know and it felt good it felt so good it felt so freeing and the crazy thing about earth man like the planet that we're like standing on right now most of us um you know it's it's a living thing you know what i mean and you could bond with it in ways that maybe you never thought about it before like you know just imagine you know, when you think about how long ago, you know, before there were so many people on the planet, so many distractions, just how like in tune we are with nature. There's a reason why animals react to things the way they do. Animals know when a hurricane or a typhoon's coming because they all start breaking out in one direction hours before it happens. You know what I'm saying? We hear things on the news and we break north. 
animals are in tune with the planet. Why? Because they don't have as many distractions. They're not staring into a phone, you know, uh, you know, six hours out of a 24 hour day They're not slave to a computer screen and things like that. And I think, you know, at the lowest level of bonding with the planet, man, you got to let your, your feet touch the concrete sometime. And I've been hearing people talk about grounding for a long time. I even sleep with a grounding pillow now. And this is even before the ayahuasca retreat. And I really it's it's really helping a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like helping like with my mental space. I wake up in the best mood and people wake up early as I do typically don't wake up in the best mood. But I do. And you, I, were doing, you were doing the grounding prior to this because of the fact that you weren't you weren't someone who would spend much time outside. Yeah, so I, want, I wanted to work towards that. And yeah, I was you like, were trying, you were trying to find ways to kind of, you know, work your way to being outside. You just didn't necessarily appreciate it as much. And now for those that yeah, obviously can't see this, you're out there. You're actually out there. <laughs> I'm chilling. Sun's hitting my face. I need to turn my face over so I can cook both sides evenly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, but you know, it, it feels good. And like, especially when you know for a fact is like your life sometimes does not permit you to be able to, you know, touch, touch the earth like you should, you know, like, you know, you got to like figure out ways to connect with nature and carve out that 15, 20 minutes for yourself every day. I know the world's demanding, but sometimes you got to demand more from the world. Yeah. You know, so that's that on that. So the uh, the second I think that was the second lesson of the, uh, you know, of the second ayahuasca experience. Right. So fast forward to the night because they decided to cram the second with well, the, you know, the third ayahuasca uh, ceremony into the same day. So daytime, nighttime. So, 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 so there was only two. Um, and for lack of, uh, uh, of a better word, there were only two servings, I guess, during that second ceremony. Yeah. So anytime you do an ayahuasca, yeah. So anytime you do an ayahuasca ceremony, there's typically first cup and second cup within one ceremony. So for what I went down there for, had I chose to participate, I would do six cups in total. So at this point, I've now had my, I would say three and a half cups because the chunk, I mean, call that what you want, or maybe it was like a, a super concentrated dosage of it, can't call it. But, you know, the evening was time for me to get my fifth and sixth cup. And I was really interested in seeing how that was going to super uh, work out because, you know, both experiences were different, even though at the time I felt like the second experience was a bust, but it's now talking to you that I realized, oh no, that was for me to go connect with nature. I get it now. Sometimes the lessons come later, you know? Right. And then, and then you said my, one of the things you said is my, my true story begins now. That's, that's your caption at, during that live. My true story begins. My true story begins now. Okay. What do you mean by that? You know, like, these, I mean, I, I, can, I definitely saw a change by seeing that. And my worries at that point, not knowing everything that was going on, seeing these text messages, but seeing you out there, I was like, wow. Like at that point, I knew definitely there's a change. Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like with that statement, it was more so about, you know, the, the old me that was afraid of death and the old me that had certain questions about mortality and just like, you know, kind of, not necessarily even the meaning of it all, because I'm not there yet, I haven't found that, I haven't got the answer to that yet. Maybe that's what I'll get for my next ceremony, but, you know, I just felt so new and so recharged. And I still feel recharged 
even to this day. I mean, we're almost like two weeks away from when I did it the first time. But I think, you know, like with a lot of things, you know, you do need maintenance. I feel like a lot of people, depending on what you're looking for, you know, like, you know, using the medicine isn't a one shot, one kill kind of thing to where like all of a sudden you're going to be fixed forever. But it's a step in the right direction to getting it all together. Because some people have more answers than and more questions, um, you know, some people have more questions. Some people have no questions. I think you're going to get out of the uh, ayahuasca experience with, you know, what you're looking for. You know, I, I've listened to other people's experiences. I'm still interested in having similar experiences that other people had, but my experience was mine and it was beautiful. And the third one was even beautiful too. One of the big things I talked about in the live was, you know, pouring in the people, you know, which I feel like is a very important practice because I think a lot of times people expect things, but we don't pour into others. And I feel like if you pour into each other enough, eventually someone will pour into you. And, you know, it's just the energy of servitude. You know, a lot of people put themselves on a God level pedestal. <laughs> Little do you know that we're all gods. We all have God ability, goddess ability. But, you know, we have to help each other with what we're trying to accomplish. A lot of aiding and abetting has to happen. A lot of people don't lead with that kind of energy. I do, you know, sometimes almost to a fault, but I never truly give up on people. You know, I'm always one who's willing to give people a chance, even though some people are looking for a chance that they can take and manipulate. You know what I mean? But, you know, this experience showed me that like, hey, you know, there are some foul people out there, but never stop pouring into people because I run into people who I've poured into in the past. And they tell me about how like, yo, like you didn't even have to stop and talk to me that day. But the fact that you did told me that what I was doing was on the right path or this, yo, you told me like, I only talked to you one time on IG and you told me to go do something and I did it and it changed my life. Da 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 da. I, you know, I was always hoping I'd run into you one day and here we are, boom. Like, you know, it happens. I remember one time I was in LA, they, I created a contest for the radio where I wanted to take a random listener to Summer Jam in New York. And the prerequisite was you ain't never had, you're like, you know, I wanted you to have never have been to New York before. So I created the contest, took the listener, we hung out all weekend, showed them the time of their life. They went to Summer Jam, got him a New York slice of pizza, went to this dope sneaker spot called Dave's Quality Meats. And he loved that experience so much that he became a videographer. You know, off of just like, you know, just recording little videos while he was on that trip. And I ran into him one day in L.A. at a chicken spot and he, was like, and he wasn't working there. He was eating. There. And he's like, yo, oh, man, look how, how crazy this is. Like, yo, when you took me on that trip, this changed my whole life. And da, 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 da. So, you know, you pour into people and you never know what those people have become. So it was just really dope to experience that and be able to help, you know, help somebody figure out what it was that they was looking for in life. I hope he makes a movie. Oh. But I think people would, I mean, that's, that's, that's been your character for those that have known you long enough. Mm. So did that, that this, that this particular part of the day, or was it reinforced that? Was it something that this experience, this day, just magnify it for you to continue that path of pouring into others? Um, is that, was that part of the enlightenment? enlightenment that happened it's like okay continue that path continue pouring into others was that what you got out of that i think more so than anything it, you know because i always thought it but it's like told me to say it publicly and i've heard okay. people recant you know like recant that to me since my ig log even on the zoom meeting that i was on uh, the other day like you know it's kind of like a uh 
just checking in with you guys. How you doing since the, uh, you know, since the uh, retreat? Um, you know, like, you know, Melissa, the person who organized it, she was like, yeah, you know, as Headcrack would say, pouring into others. You know, like, it's a spirit and hopefully it'll catch on. You know what I mean? It like, is a spirit, but it's a spirit that sometimes it can, it, it, it can get exhausting. And, and, and it can be, it can be. And like, you know, I, exhausting experience where your cup can get kind of emptied sometimes. The, the cup can get empty, but you know, but then you have people that pour into you. Like just when, you know, I kind of reach my wits end, I can usually turn to you. I can usually turn to my friends. I could turn to my family in some degree. Um, you know, like, you know, we all, you know, we all have to do a better job of bigging each other up and checking each, you know, not even bigging each other up, but we, we have to all just do our part to make sure that everybody's getting what they need. And if everybody operated in the same space, eventually everyone's going to get taken care of because we're all doing the same thing. You know, I know it's, a, it, you know, it's very simplified and can't write a whole book based on that, but shit, it's a thing. Right. And, I, and I believe in that thing. And I've always believed in that thing, but I don't think I've really said it publicly and gave it a name. It does hurt to pour in each other. It's uncomfortable sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, and, and pouring into other people doesn't even always mean money. It just means support, checking on people. I mm -hmm. checked on people during that retreat that I haven't talked to in forever. And, you know, D that day during during while you were outside or during, yeah not while I was outside but during the daytime in between ceremony two and three and the crazy thing is there was a person or a buddy of mine from back in the day who you know like you know for whatever reason he fell in my spirit like earlier in the week even before the um the retreat this isn't a person who I, I party with who I hang out with can't front dude gets on my fucking nerves every time I would see him I'd want to punch him because he would just be so just like you know just so just you know doing the most you know what i mean and and for whatever reason i was like yo something told me during that week check on him and see how he's doing psychologically and i tried to find him on ig couldn't find him on ig try to find him on facebook he ain't posted on facebook in a long time and then saturday the weekend of the ayahuasca retreat i get a uh, facebook notification that says blah blah blah's birthday's today and i'm like you know what i went i went trying to find this dude all these goofy ways i did everything except call him his number was still good. We had like a 20, 30 minute conversation. Still kind of gets on my nerves, but I know he's okay psychologically. You know what I mean? And sometimes you gotta, you know, people pick up on your frequency, your signal. Like, you know, why of all weekends was that the week and the day that I thought about this person and the day that I do this ayahuasca retreat happens to be this person's birthday who I don't hang out with. But that was me pouring into him seeing, hey, are you okay? I know you've been chasing this thing you've been doing for a minute. What have you been doing to continue that? Oh, this is what you, oh, that's kind of dope. Well, hey, let me help you out. Da, 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 da. Let me tell you this, tell you that. Connect you with that person and boom. Hopefully he gets to what he's looking for. Cause he always had to hustle, but sometimes his, his moves was wrong. You know, you playing chess with checker moves. You know what I mean? And like, you know, and instead of being annoyed by him, let me school you. Even though you, your methods, you know, didn't necessarily rock or align with, you know, the way I typically roll, but you know, I wish him well. Yeah, you you talk about cake, making cake and different ingredients and, and kind of like the assist and all of the different parts. So you also talk about distractions. Mm -hmm. You talked a lot about uh, distractions in that live and life's distractions. Um, what did you learn during while you were out there? What was that? What was that distraction conversation? 
I mean, it wasn't really a conversation. It just, you know, just fell in my spirit. And I and I say this a lot, you know, saying like, I don't even think it need, it took the ayahuasca ceremony to bring that back up. I just feel like we spend so many time, we, we spend so much time serving others. And I know this is co contradictory of the pouring into others thing I was telling you, but others far as like our masters. And I say this in air quotes, you know, a lot of times work may be your master or, you know, a bad relationship may be your master, but you're not doing anything to maintain yourself. A lot of us are slaves to our, you know, our social media accounts. A lot of people are slaves to stupid games we play on our phone. But at the end of the day, what is this really doing for you? You know what I'm saying? It's just distracting you from other things that you're trying to get away from or things that you could be doing to really truly like, you know, bring change, you know, bring the change to yourself that you're looking for, you know, like, I wish I could spend more time meditating than I do on social media. Unfortunately, it's a part of my job. I wish I didn't, I, I wish I could not look at it. I wish I didn't have a phone, but I gotta be careful what I wish for because you know, like, you know, you gotta talk to people, right? But <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit, but I mean, but like how would people get things done in the seventies and the eighties, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people were still effective, things got created, but because of the convenience of accessibility, it allows us a lot more time to be distracted and not be able to do the things that we need to do for our own personal maintenance. I cannot find 20 minutes to meditate because like every free second of my day, it just gets consumed with something, anything. Mm. And it's usually not some shit I'm interested in doing, you know, and, and, and some of it's pouring into others, which I'm not mm. too mad, you know, which I'm not mad at a lot of times, you know, cause like, I mean, you, you know, some people can classify like taking care of your kids is pouring into them. You got to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and then sometimes it's like you overcommit to too much work to a mm -hmm. job that will replace you tomorrow and mention you twice if you die. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to you got to build yourself up and build up your heart. You got to build up your spirit and, and take time for yourself so you don't over, you know, so you're on short circuit. Because like I find myself at a lot of times at the verge of short circuit. And if you're not like spiritually or like foundationally intact from within, you will crumble and collapse and you will be replaced. Mm. I've seen it happen to many people. It's like mm. almost like, you know, like when a body gets left in the street, run over it, honk the horn twice, keep going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, mm. don't be that person. So it sounds like a, needing to find like a balance trying to find a balance, trying to find uh, the good mix of pouring, pouring into others while at the same time being able to have personal time to uh, tend to yourself in order to, in order to be um, prepared to be able to pour into others. Um, you have to, you have to take care of self. Indeed. Right. Indeed. You got to put boundaries up. It's, it's very key, very key. So, you know, as I find myself still battling with some of these things two weeks after the ayahuasca retreat, you know, I'm looking, you know, looking forward to booking another one and seeing what other like type of breakthroughs that I have just to, you know, just make sure I am, you know, pouring into myself so I can be able to service others, you know, the way that a lot of times I'm required to with my platforms and formats that, you know, that, you know, you see me on, you know, so it's a thing. So then, so you so you had the second one. It's in the daytime or afternoon. 
it was experience outside in nature. Um, I know you said at the last episode, um, in the morning, I think you all got to get together, you gathered, you, you, you discussed kind of each individual experience. Was there another gathering after the second one to kind of? I mean, the gathering was outside, you know what I'm saying? So that's us talking so in real time. And, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, and then between point A and point B, I'm running errands. I went to the store. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm just, you know, it, so you know it, the impact was the impact not was the impact less than it was the first time? Was it absolutely? Was it, I don't hear. I didn't hear you talk about like violently throwing up and and, and things happening on in the south region like the first time well i violently threw up after i got the chunk you know what i'm saying like yo okay. like i mean i feel like i threw that stuff up in record time if there was an olympics for how fast someone <laughs> threw up after like taking like a little bit of ayahuasca i don't know i would like to think i'm in the top three of all time like yo it was like <laughs> grand opening grand closing shut down you know what i mean but so not as much as the first time not as much as the first time. It was kind of like a one and done, you know, like far as like okay. the uh, purge in that situation. But, you know, uh, one thing I was looking forward to happening, and I didn't mention this in the first episode, and mm -hmm. it just it came back to me the other day. When the second, when I took the second cup during mm -hmm. the first ceremony, mm -hmm. before I threw up, I, start, I heard like this weird hatching sound in my head, right? And then I started seeing these shapes, like when I would close my eyes, and it was like a spiraling hatching shape that just kept going and 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 going. And it just kept like the spiraling thing. It was almost like a snail shell, but it kept looping and looping and looping and creating more and more loops within with that snail shell pattern. It was like one of the most beautiful patterns that I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, it it didn't dawn on me that I forgot to mention that until, um, I saw a snail on the ground and I was like, oh, snap. It's kind of like the thing I saw the other day, you know, like, and it, yeah. and it reminded me that. And, and like, you know, I looked it up. And a lot of times mm. people say when you start seeing those shapes and stuff, it's mm. the, it's part of your third eye opening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's part mm. of like, you know, like the, um, you know, a lot of the, some of the imagery that you'll hear people talking about that have ayahuasca experiences, they'll see these shapes that they are like, yo, it's the most beautiful geometry I've ever seen. And I hate is geometry. It, is it common um, that others that have had um, an ayahuasca experience that they're similar shapes or similar, like do people say that they've seen similar, similar yeah. shapes? Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, I feel like, I mean, and I don't even know, quote me on this, but I feel like there's, I don't know, like no less than a, a hundred typical types of experiences that someone could have on an ayahuasca retreat and things that people will see. I don't think everything's the same, but some things are the same for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? It just, really? you know, like, there's a lot of people that can compare stories. I was having a conversation randomly with somebody the other day, one person who has taken DMT mm -hmm. before told me that they saw the grid. And anybody who's had an ayahuasca or perhaps DMT experience, if some of y'all may know about the grid. Like, you know, they say that there's like lines above the, the earth and there's like people watching us. It's like a tabletop Pac-Man game and people are watching us down here. I've heard numerous people say that they saw the grid and the people. That's interesting. How could everybody say that are so different from each other have the same visual? How could everybody be seeing the grid? Going back to the first episode, frequencies. 
If your brain is switched to a certain frequency, I feel like you have more of a tendency to see certain things that we just can't see regular because like, you know, nothing's hitting that switch for us in our brain. That's why they call it the third eye. You don't see it all the time. But when it becomes open and awake, a lot of times, you know, like, yo, people can't undo it. There's a brother who I was, uh, you know, uh, who I'm real cool with, an actor. I'll leave his name out of this. But, you know, we were talking about um, Ormus, which is a... It's a chemical, it's a chemical, it's not a drug, right? But it's like based off of natural minerals and stuff like that. And, you know, and it's uh, produced and you can make it yourself, but you can get it from real places. It's like monoatomic gold is actually the more proper name for it. So this guy, like, you know, I just started taking monoatomic gold at one point in time because I was just trying to sharpen my astral projection abilities. And I was talking to this actor about it. And he was like, yo, I had to stop doing that. I was too woke. And I was just seeing too many things that was throwing me off of my craft. I wasn't hallucinating, I was just seeing too much, things that other people couldn't see. So sometimes, you know, you could have like, I don't know, and I'm not even saying this to be racial, a squinty third eye, or you could have like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the big, you know, the big Cyclops joint, you know what yeah. I mean? And okay. um, I don't know which one I want, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somewhere in the middle, <laughs> you know, somewhere okay. in the middle. But I, you know, I want to just be able to see more than it's there so I can see these signs. So I can understand the synchronicity and the and the patterns in between like interactions. Cause you've been there where just some weird things are happening. Like I just willed it. Like, damn, it'd be cool if I get my teeth whitening today. Then we run into a dude. Yo, you want to come with me to do a video shoot? My homegirl yeah. do teeth whitening. I, I have a meet. And we he we weren't even talking to him. And he wasn't even nowhere near us when that happened. <laughs> but I felt like that night. We had manifested a whole situation. <laughs> and that it goes even deeper. It's like, man, it'd be cool if we had some kids that could like dance to one of our music videos. Yo, there's yeah. a whole dance squad next door. They'll, yeah, they brought them yeah. over and they danced. It was crazy. Another story for we, another day. We, we, we've got, yeah, we won't get into my stories on some of this. This is all about you. We ain't got time to bring up all of my stuff. <laughs> Ain't nobody that got was, time that for that. That was a wild ass day because it was literally like the universe said, Yo, I'm gonna give you nine wishes. I'm like, right. <laughs> Can I get a, a white no, castle? The, 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 the fact that individuals that don't know each other that have had the only thing in common is an ayahuasca, different, not even, not even together, just not even at the same time, but just an ayahuasca experience have all had similar stories and seeing a grid like how is that even possible uh, like well i think the commonality is the fact that it's the releasing of dmt into the the brain and bloodstream so is it the medicine or is there the, the, the is medicine, there a grid the is medicine there a grid is the well, grid it, does the grid exist well what i would say is the medicine releases the dmt right whether you talk about ayahuasca, whether you're actually smoking DMT to release DMT or, um, you know, or taking mushrooms. So the guy that I was talking to about the ayahuasca experience, he had did mushrooms, but I was comparing it to a story about a brother who, who I knew had did DMT. And I was like, you saw the grid? And he's like, yeah. And it was crazy because there was like people looking at us down from on top of the grid. And it was the exact same thing that the homie who did the DMT said. Mm -hmm. And their stories were years apart and these people don't know each other. Oh, and exactly. But that but that's what I'm trying to say. Like they don't know each other. They have no idea they had similar experiences. The grid. What is out there that 
Every, everything, everything is out there. That's why when people tell me things that sound crazy, they don't sound crazy to me because I know it's all possible. All of it. All of it. It's all possible. You know? Um, you know, and I want to learn more. And that's why. So did you, and I know we're only on, on your second ceremony. Did you see the grid? I didn't see the grid. I saw the grill. They were barbecuing <laughs> in the kitchen. And shit looked tasty. Was that when they were speaking gibberish or did uh, the gibberish only happen on, on the first day? On, on night one. Huh? The gib- yeah, the gibberish only happened on night one. Like I said, like, you know, for, for ceremony two, I wasn't, you know, like, I, you know, it wasn't like ceremony one. I was a smidge disappointed, okay. you know, but literally talking to you right now, I realized, oh, that was supposed to get me closer with nature. That's what that was about. Because I'm supposed to be out here. We're supposed to be out here. As I mean, you, didn't see the grid. you didn't see the grid, but you got, you, you definitely, there was definitely a change. You were out in nature. That is something you would have never done. Shoot, you have, you know, it, 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 you wouldn't have done that. And, and seeing that was enough for me to be like, yo, this, this definitely something has just occurred. This mm-hmm. is not like him. Um, what the hell? And and the people that were on the phone with me, like he's he's gone live. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what we 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 were listening very carefully, and and I was I was I was glad to see the change that I had that I was witnessing, um, happening in front of us. Um, so what I you went on. You went on a field trip. Sounds like it. You said you went shopping and stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, because like you know, at that point, I just wanted to run errands and just do do something different. Because like everybody was just kind of just chilling. You know what I mean? Like you know, some people were in various versions of out of it. Because as I'm walking around, there are some people who never left the their their pallet because you know, either they purged really hard or like you know, everybody's thing was different. I wish I could interview every individual person. Okay. You know that was willing just to find out what all of their things were. Because I did talk to someone who didn't have a breakthrough until it was the night that they didn't do ayahuasca. And I found that interesting within itself, you know? I saw one person who threw up so much that I don't even understand how there was any of him left after he he threw up so much. So everybody's thing was different. And my my thing was my thing, but you know, and I know we- So what are your thoughts? What are like, are are you, are you consumed with thoughts? Like, do you, are you feeling, what are you feeling? What are you, are you just walking? Do you feel, are you feeling different? I mean, we're, I'm seeing different on that, on that live, but are you feeling different? Or what I, you I, I feel different. I felt more different closer to the, the week of the ceremony. You know, like okay. I'm back in, I'm back in the pressure cooker again. So, okay. you know, so I need a refill, you know what I'm saying? But I still feel hope, you know what I'm saying? And I still feel excited and optimistic to what the future brings. And even like, it's almost like, you know, for my video game players out there, when you level up your character and your character is able to do more things, I can't wait to continue to level up and I can learn how to do more things. And, you know, because we're drawing pretty close to an hour here, I got to tell you about the third ceremony on the next episode, which I felt truly was a step towards leveling up because the third ceremony was drastically different than the first two ceremonies. 
in the best way possible, in the oh, yeah. best way possible. Yeah. So, yeah. you well, know, before, before we get on to that, there's, there's one question that I know it, it still kind of goes into uh, episode one. Okay. But um, there was one question that a lot of people were asking you and it has to do with um, our, our loved ones that are no longer with us in the physical. Mm-hmm. Um, are they okay? Are they? They are okay. They're, are they okay? And, and, and do, they, do they know we're okay? Do they check in with us? Are they, do they know what we're doing? You know, I don't have every single one of those answers, but what I can tell you is that they're okay. And that when you astral project and you, and you connect with these people that they're happy to see you and they're aware of what you're doing for better or for worse, you freaks. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the end of the day, man, like, you know, just know that there's love up there. You know what I mean? And you may feel alone. You may feel like, you know, you've been abandoned by people who maybe have died on you suddenly. And, you know, you just had more adventures and more stories to tell. And you do. And you'll, you'll tell them later and you'll get to see them in, in, in another form, in a greater form, a world, a, a universe without limits, I truly feel. And I, and I feel that. And, I, and that's the medicine talking to me right now, talking to y'all. Um, you know, because that's, that's very, you know, that's something I could definitely tap into because I felt it. I felt it even before the ayahuasca experience, because, you know, as a, a part-time astral projection person, look it up. Um, yeah, we you definitely know, need to dig into that. You've brought it up a, a few times. Yeah. And um, this is one of those things like you could dedicate the whole episode to it, but, you know, to astral project is to be able to like physically, well, spiritually actually leave your body and do whatever you want to do. One of the greatest astral projection people of all time was Dr. Charles Monroe, who founded the Monroe Institute in Florida. I really want to go there and take a six week course um, because what they do is they teach people who have these abilities to like be able to sharpen these abilities to do them whatever the hell they want. Um, And that is really what, you know, I really felt like I've been chasing myself for the last, you know, probably like five years because it took me 15 years, 20 years even to even figure out what the fuck was going on. I used to, like, I used to, I used to sleep with my hand holding on to the rail of my bed because I felt like in the night people were trying to take spirits, which have to take me away. Get over here. That, how is that? Okay. So a few questions come to mind. Mm-hmm. One sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Two, how, like, how is that different? And then the second one, how is, how is that different than the ayahuasca? Okay, so sleep paralysis, mind awake, body asleep. And once you get into that space, that is when you can trigger your astral projection if you're not scared. Some people do that and they panic. And the crazy thing also that happens too is when your body's asleep and your mind's awake, your brain starts operating at a different frequency. And that's why a lot of times people be like, yo, I hear people whispering or like I see, I, like I saw things moving around during like phases of sleep paralysis. And I, and, and I kid you not, I, I never come in here to make things up or even tell. <laughs> I don't tell ducktails. Um, you know, I, um, one of the first times that this happened and it scared me was, um, you know, I, it was like, early 2000s, right? Uh, And I had sleep paralysis. I was stuck on the couch. I was trying to get up and 
I just felt something breathing in my face and I heard it laughing at me as I was trying to get up. There was nobody in the living room and I was terrified. And, you know, I went to sleep and, you know, and just and was baffled by it the next day, but, you know, went on with my life. But then as time would go by, as I would go into sleep paralysis, I realized that if I go with the flow, I can kind of, I don't know, just do whatever. Like, this is a weird feeling, like what's happening? And, and a lot of times it would happen would be on nights where I would drink like Red Bull or something and then go to sleep way before somebody who drank Red Bull should have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, once again, body awake, I mean, body sleep, mind awake. Right. And, um, you know, so as I started like, you know, taking more control and just, you know, just getting used to it, you know, I was able to see my grandmother again. I was able to, um, you know, see things that took place before they even eventually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I come back with ideas. I, uh, you know, but I, I would always go back to my grandmother's house. That's, that's where I always go. I would always go see my grandmother. Cause like, you know, her death was so sudden and it was like my second mom. So, um, you know, which ties back to the first episode where I like, that was like the first person, one of the first people I asked about, but Ultimately, you know, especially like when my mom died, I just wanted to be able to perfect my astral projection so I could see her more often. Mm-hmm. And by then, my antenna was broken and all fucked up, and I just couldn't do it. Like, so you know, like you not the like level like I wanted to. projection was almost kind of like what the first your your day your day one with with ayahuasca. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't even think you could connect the two, but they all exist in the same universe. You okay. know what I mean? Like, cause it's, it's all metaphysical things, right? So, you know, ayahuasca triggers abilities that we all have okay. and the, the ability to see things, but you know, like there's a lot of people who have the ability to astral project and they don't even know it. So by me doing ayahuasca, it was just, I don't know. It was just something else that I wanted in my toolbox. Just, you know, like I said before, to be able to handle the pressures of the world, deal with people and try to like, you know, get answers to questions that I had about my loved ones, you know? And now that I've got those answers, I have new sets of questions. And, and I think my next trip, because, you know, I'm going to set my intentions more so to be able to live more metaphysically and see things more from a metaphysical space. You know what I mean? Like there's people who, and you can look this up, tons of books written about it. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very like, you know, it's an age old art. I mean, there's people who have like, you know, who can accurately tell you in detail shit that happened in the beginning of time, later on in time, even remote viewing, you know, another like, you know, metaphysical psychic ability that people have like remote viewing is the shit. They'll give people like coordinates. Don't even tell them what the coordinates are. And, you know, people who are really great at remote viewing can tell you exactly what it is and what it is. And then when they pull it, oh, shit, how are you right? Out of all the places, of the, you nailed it. You know, like, <laughs> you know, and I want to be that good. Like, you know, when has a, a person who is like, you know, plugged in a hip hop culture watch, been watch, that good watch this. these things? And you think that, the, that and you believe that ayahuasca is a, a tool to sharp, sharpen some of these some of these skills. I, know, I don't 100% believe that it's a tool to sharpen those skills, but I feel like it's a tool to sharpen me. Got it. And help me out. You know what I mean? Because like, hey, I got to be a lot of things to a lot of different people. And it's not always easy to keep 
Dr. Bruce Banner from becoming a Hulk. You know what I mean? And like, you know, old me, like, yo, I'm like, hey, destroy the whole castle. You know what I'm saying? New me is like, hey, man, we got to live in this castle for a while, so don't destroy the whole thing. You can fuck up the living room, but don't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, don't fuck up the whole thing, you know what I mean? It, it takes a lot to keep that balance, you know what I mean? You know, right. some people live life and, whole, and play their whole career as being the asshole. That's just not where I am because I, I, I could be more than an asshole, and I don't want to be, you know what I mean? And I've done a great job keeping fucking green guy in check you know for yeah, me very much so you know what i mean so and you know it's not good for your heart either so that's that so namaste live in peace do great things and you know rock on subscribe click, click the plus button say crack after hours um the the next chapter of this ayahuasca experience is drastically different than the first two rated r those uh, children not a minute without parents type shit but uh it, it's a vibe yeah. man what yeah, I yeah. Oh, I don't. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about oh. it. Next episode. Stay oh. tuned, oh. true believers. <laughs> hey, crack after hours. We ghosts. <laughs>